be spontaneous. We're recording now. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, John. Hi, Sam. And welcome, everyone, to episode three of Coffee and Cults. We are recording this just after we've released episode one. Um, just to get in advance, you know, get some get a head start on it. And thank you all so much for uh, listening and downloading and subscribing. Um, we really appreciate it and we can't believe there are actually people listening. So thank you. And please keep doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. We'll flow today. <laughs> um, before I start on the cult we will be looking at today, which is going to be the family from Australia, um, I want to do a little content warning because this could contain some uh, descriptions of child abuse and things like that and I don't want anyone to be caught off guard suddenly listening to a fun podcast with some English people and then some child abuse pops up and makes you sad. So content warning at the start. I'm not sure I'm ready for this on a Tuesday morning, Sam. You're ready. You'll be fine. So I'm going to tell you about the family today. That's a common sort of phrase isn't it for sinister groups like this nothing good has ever been yeah exactly so like we've got the manson family and the munster family (laughs) the The adams Adams family family. (laughs) (laughs) all of them difficult groups to be a member of this family was um founded by a lady called anne hamilton byrne would you like to see a picture of Anne Hamilton Byrne, John? You know I would. Let me just find one. Here we go. So this is... Oh, that's a text from my mum. <laughs> it Wait, is your mum My mum's Anne not Hamilton Anne Hamilton Byrne. Byrne. Okay. Here we go. This is Anne Hamilton Byrne. She has fantastic hair. She does have beautiful hair. She looks like an... She looks like a nice lady. You can never trust a nice lady. She, if it's, there we go. If we ever get to the point, Sam, where we have merchandise, please let's have a T-shirt with. You can never, never trust, trust a, a nice lady. lady. <laughs> I like it. Yep. I'm for it's it. good advice. Except so Anne Hamilton Byrne was born um, Evelyn Edwards in the year 1921 in Australia. In Around 1964, there was a man called uh, Rainer Johnson, who was, you'll like this, an English parapsychologist. Awesome. Yeah. I wish I was an English parapsychologist. You kind of are. You, I'm halfway there. Dreams. Um, so he was hosting these, like, he had a some sort of lodge thing, and he was hosting, like, religious and spiritual and other sorts of meetings at this place. It was kind of a free-for-all. Um, and this lady, Anne Hamilton Byrne, was teaching yoga there. She gradually, in her Hatha yoga process, whatever that is, I'm, I haven't been to a yoga class for years, so I don't remember. But um, so she would gradually bring in all this spirituality kind of stuff, okay. and all this how she could heal all your problems, sort of thing, by talking to her. Awesome. And um, so she gradually started her yoga class would then come back more often to this lodge, and they started meeting two or three times a week, and then it kind of built up from there. So she got Johnson to recruit middle-class professional people, like the Order of the Solar Temple used to do. They were looking for the rich, the professional, preferably in medical careers. Are there many working-class cults? This is something we can look at. I'm just trying to think about the different 
groups, especially having watched like Wild Wild Country, which I recommend, by the way. But they were all very sort of middle class, yeah. or you know, quite well off, wealthy. And then when they Western bring in all types. the homeless people, then they reject them instantly. Yeah, as well. Yeah. If you know of any working class cults or majority, you know, like yeah, cults that yeah. have majority working class members, let us know, listeners, because that would be really interesting. Although I suppose that's something in the in the like what the leader wants from the cult is they want lots of money to keep the cult going so if they're bringing in you know if they've got people with lots of money to begin with then smart sam this is why you should be the cult leader and not me i don't want to be a cult leader it seems like a lot of pressure (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah johnson was (laughs) recruiting all these all these people so a, a quarter of their members were nurses and doctors and all that sort of stuff and um they'd be invited to these yoga classes like hey i come to this great yoga class why don't you come along and then they'd be indoctrinated by Mm. their friends um so they this group kept growing and then they with the money that they earned they bought another property called the i'm sorry for this pronunciation and it's the only time i'm going to say it santinicaton santinicaton lodge I don't, it's in Australia, maybe it'd be easier in an accent. Oh, please, to, Sam, no. try it in an Australian accent. Santina Caden. Santina Caden? Just doing that. Danwood Dog in the <laughs> Santina Caden Lodge. You got it. You've got it. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. I know from our statistics that there are quite a few Australians that listen. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Um. Yeah, so they had this, but I'm going to call it the S Lodge. I think that's wise. They had the S Lodge, and then they had another lodge called the White Lodge. And so they're the two. They learnt from the pronunciation problem of the first one. <laughs> um, so something else that's going to make you pull a face is that originally Anne Hamilton Byrne wanted to name her group the Great White Brotherhood. Ooh, yeah. that's not ideal. Nope. So obviously someone somewhere along the process went, mm, maybe, maybe that's not the best name for yeah. a group. Maybe that's a bit racist. And but know, interesting given, like, from the very little that I know about this group, the visuals of yes, exactly. people later on. Sorry, go on. Um, where was I in my next... Okay, so um, I told you they've got all these um, middle class people, a quarter of them are medical professionals. Wow. They all work at this same hospital called New Haven. So at New Haven, uh, they would recruit new members. So all these people that were in the cult and that were working at this hospital would spread the word about this group. And um, they were encouraged to recruit from patients as well as staff. Gosh, really dangerous, isn't it? You go in for a... I don't know, foot operation, and then suddenly you're being taken to a white brotherhood lodge somewhere. Oh, That's Can you imagine? I just wanted my tonsils out! <laughs> um, and if you remember, we are in 1960s, so a lot of the treatments happening at this hospital have to do with LSD. Oh, really? So they would give these patients LSD and then mention these yoga classes and then people would come to these... Oh, God, so you're in the right headspace to be... Indoctrinated. Wow. Exactly. God, you don't can't get LSD on the National Health Service now, can you? <laughs> can you? I'm, I'm asking seriously. I'm not asking seriously any legal people listening. 
Oh, doctor, I... Uh... <laughs> My ankle's playing up again. Oh, here, John, have some uh, LSD. No. <laughs> You'll forget all about it. Can you... Given how scatty I am on a regular basis, Sam, I don't think we both know I need to not be honest. <laughs> that is true. So um, they were helped out by a man called Howard Whitaker, who was a psychiatrist at this New Haven hospital. And he was also researching the use of psychedelics to treat mental illness. So Anne Hamilton Byrne met him and was like, ooh, you can be my mate. And then that's when they started it all. Just as a little side note that I'll kind of loop back to later, one of the members of the group who was treated at this hospital was given LSD, electroconvulsive therapy, and two lobotomies. What? Two lobotomies? Yep. Wow. So they lost two brain lobes. Yeah, so that is like left and left and then right? I guess so, or I don't, I don't know enough neuroscience to... <laughs> to explain it but I guess maybe you have more than one section that they can get rid of like they get rid of this I guess little chunk so. on one day and this little chunk on the next day like a, <laughs> like a I was going to say dream. <laughs> I was going to say like a full frontal lobotomy but that doesn't <laughs> sound like the right no maybe anyway so um. so you're suggesting they might not be in the best mental space to decide anything no not really so Anne Alden Byrne was gathering all these adult followers. They had up to 500 in this, like, close area at the main point. And did that happen quite quickly? I am not sure. Okay. I won't make it up, but that's how yeah, big the group Yeah, it seems like got. Wow. Their religious beliefs. So it was... This is always the favourite bit, isn't it? It was a mixture of Christianity, Hinduism... Other Eastern religions, okay. anything else she could find, and one, a quote from her was, spiritual truths are universal. Which is, I guess, kind of right. Yes. If you're that way inclined. I guess so. Um, so the people in the group and um, the children of the people in the group studied all the major scriptures and those of other popular gurus, like... Osho from Wild Wild Country. Oh, really? And so they were encouraged to just to learn from as many different spiritual and religious texts as possible. I guess that's kind of, you know, I quite like the, uh, you know, that sort of buffet approach. I guess oh. that's better than a fundamentalist, like this is the only way you have to of... buy everything on this menu. Um, and that, But also, surely loads of that must contradict so especially if you're studying Christianity and Osho, for example, where Osho's like, yeah, have whatever sex you want, having money's great. Yeah. Versus camels and needles and rich people and stuff in Christianity. It must be a weird... Except that <laughs> the group's inner circle began to claim that they were reincarnations of Jesus' apostles because Anne Hamilton Byrne was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ and a living God. Oh, oh well, then that's how you know what's right that's if how you know you've what's got right. Jesus two point in charge. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus two point is there. So Anne Hamilton Byrne um, has one daughter that's her own. Sorry, Sam. Just quickly, I feel like we should have a Jesus count for how many of these people month to month <laughs> claim to be Jesus. We're four for four. At the yeah. Point. We had <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was there was a lot of Jesus value in that first episode. There was a lot of Jesus value. Um, yeah, so she's got this. She's got one daughter, but she had um, 
a very upsetting childhood. She was um, like her dad was really absent uh, when she was growing up. Her mother was mentally ill, um, and her dad was away a lot so they she grew up in poverty oh, okay so she became obsessed with this idea of having this perfect family with these children who were all empowered and in love with their parents so she started getting children for her group so she would uh the the members of the group who were living in the lodge and that sort of thing she would just take their children and say they're my children now she had a separate property where she would keep all the children where she lived with all the children. Oh, goodness. Separately from the... So it's not like a... It was just like the commune, all the children were all the children. She would actively sort of take them to their own space. God. So um, at the peak, there were more than 28 children. Some of them were children of the members of the cult. Others have been found at New Haven Hospital. And so they... Found, Sam. Yeah, found. Because they would find these babies and they'd look for unwed mothers or they'd look for ill mothers and they would drug these women with LSD and then encourage them to sign adoption papers for their children. So they'd be legally adopted, in big, massive quotes, but they would have drugged the mothers to get them to agree to this. I'm starting to think this LSD hospital isn't a good idea, Sam. No, doesn't sound great, does it? No. No. So there's a lady uh, who, her name's Sarah Moore, but she was brought up as Sarah Hamilton Byrne. Yeah. Um, who said that the quote from her is, the cult doctor arranged for my biological mother to be drugged and forced to sign an adoption form. And Sarah was raised in this group and only learnt about this when she was an adult. So she got through, I don't know, 20 odd years of life believing that this woman was her mother. Thinking that Anne was her mother. Exactly. And then suddenly to discover that she had a biological mother who'd just been drugged and she'd been taken away. That's terrifying. Yikes. Yes. But to the other members of the group, Anne Hamilton Byrne would insist that they were her children. So she would wear maternity clothes and one man who was a child in the in the group i can't remember his name i'm sure i've got it in my notes somewhere i'm very sorry remembered Anne saying to him i've just had triplets and he he hadn't seen her pregnant and they just got three different babies from this hospital and yikes they'd see yeah and so she'd introduce all these children as her own children would and would would she said not to get all jeremy kyle for a minute but would she <laughs> that's a uk reference for anyone um what Would she, Doctor Phil? I don't know. Yeah, Doctor Phil or I don't know. Ricky Lake? Is she still a thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, would she say who the fathers were if she's having lots of the? Mind you, were they very similar looking children? Were they? So I'll get to that bit in a second. Okay. Um, Anne Hamilton met a man called Bill Byrne. Bill, but he has a good Bill name. Bill Byrne, who is a married man who'd come into the group, and she went no. I like him. I want him. Hey, Bill, how about you divorce your wife and marry me? And he goes, okay. So that's how she became Anne Hamilton Byrne. I see. So Bill was their father. She was their mother. That's all they had to know. Wow. That's kind of exhausting, pretending to be pregnant all the time. and Yeah. 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 That's a lot of work, isn't it, for covering a... So how many people were in the like inner circle then that knew that they were kidnapping or stealing? So... 
I don't a small number, know I guess. the answer to that, but okay. there was a, a like close group. I'm yeah. guessing if they all said that they were the incarnations oh, of the apostles, 12. probably twelve. But I Check. might be making that up. So with these children, she decided, as we might have guessed from her originally calling her group the Great White Brotherhood. Yeah, John's just pulled a horrible wincing face. She wanted this perfect race of children. So she would get these children, she would dye all their hair blonde. She would dress them all up in the same thing. They would, you know, they'd be brought up early in the morning to make sure that they were dressed and primped for these photographs that were taken for her to show the outside world that how wonderful this group was and Yikes. how happy these children were. I'm going to show John some more photos of the creepy, creepy kids. I'm sorry, it's not their fault they're creepy. It's Anne's fault that they're creepy, but they are. You, that could easily be a photo from My like Children of the Corn or what's the old sci-fi film where they um all the children talk with one voice and they look like that. Oh, that's annoying that I can't remember it. That genuinely, you know, that could have been a photo from a horror film. That is terrifying. Yeah, I'll post all these on uh, Instagram at Coffee and Cults. And also, I know it's not their worst crime, but that's a really awful haircut style as well, isn't it? But, you know, it's how, how do you get boys and girls to have the same haircut? Yeah. Give them, put a bowl on it, and it's all the same length. Ooh. And, it, yeah, all in the same clothes. Sam, we try each month to do something to uh, experience a tiny fraction of what it might be like to be in that group. Are you willing to have your hair <laughs> in that style? Only if you are too. Yeah, me. I am. Yeah, it okay. might take a few we'll weeks for me to grow it out, out, and let's do that. Okay, that's a deal. Um, so the, <laughs> uh, yeah, so she wanted them to look like brother and sister, so she'd make them look like brother and sister. They were all homeschooled on the property, of course, because, you know, heaven forbid they have outside influence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they were kept away from the adults, including their parents, not allowed to see them. They were, uh, to have some help to raise these children, she would have women that they called auntie. And these aunties would be the the caregivers for all these children. These aunties, and presumably that was never actually any of the relatives of those. It might be children, it, the, just yeah. a random selection of women who were bitches because they would starve and beat the children. Because when Anne Hamilton Byrne was off swanning around, these were just they were just dealing with twenty eight kids. So they wouldn't who were probably very confused about their place and exactly and you know who they should respect as a grown up and who yeah yeah no no family structure or anything like that to rely on they've just i imagine they were a bit feral like kind of you know with no yeah. kind of sense of purpose i don't oh, i'm not or sure a very or a very strange sense of yeah. purpose within this diffused group but then you don't get to see any of the rest of the well, and if you think your mum is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, you're going to have some sort of... Yeah, when I was teaching, I would not have wanted to have to try and discipline a child who thinks their mother is <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I feel like that's an argument you're not going to win in the classroom. No. <laughs> uh, we're going to bring it back round to the LSD angle. Awesome. So when these children turned the age of 14, they would be injected with LSD in a dark room as their initiation to becoming adults. Oh, okay, like a psychedelic kind of Exactly. So they, they, weren't, they weren't necessarily given LSD younger than that. No, but, but if LSD's around all that, yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, while well, your brain is still forming and exactly. developing. So one of the aunties would go, oh, here you go, or um, how, how, Howard, Howard Whittaker, Howard Whittaker, Howard, Howard Whittaker. Howard Whittaker. Would give them LSD. In, they'd be alone in this dark room. And then Anne Hamilton Byrne would open the door wearing a white robe with some lights and some dry ice. Let's set the scene. A little glitter ball spinning around. Sam, every cult <laughs> you've described so far has an element of, like, 90s magician stage show to it. <laughs> it's I, quite a common oh, uh, vibe. Yeah. So they'd be... Wow. Just had LSD for the first time. They're tripping balls. Anne Hamilton Byrne comes in and she sits down by them. She says, who's Jesus? And they say... Use Jesus. Use Jesus for me. Who's Jesus? Use Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's really not funny. I don't. <clears throat> no, it's really sad, but it is. That's horrendous. Um, um, yeah. So they would be in this vulnerable state, and then she'd go, she'd plant it in her brain, and so they'd come back, come back out of this trip, and they would have seen a vision of Anne Hamilton Byrne as Jesus. Well, and that's really revealing, isn't it? Because, you know, with all of these groups and we talk about how genuine these leaders are when you're doing something that manipulative. Yeah. You know, I'm not suggesting you do it, but even if you did, okay, you're going to have an LSD experience and then let's hear what you saw and if what you saw confirms the thing of the cult. That level of manipulation is... Yeah. Yeah, makes everything suspect in terms of sincerity and actual mm-hmm. desire. Um, and so take it from that that all the adults were going through the same thing as well so the yeah. adults that were given LSD at New Haven and in the compound whatever it's called must have cost them a fortune LSD can't have been there well you know and was it legal then if it was being used in the hospital I think so I don't know I don't yeah know. I would I should do a momentary bit of just because like, otherwise that's a big illegal yeah yeah sort of yeah, connection Brief history of Australian drug laws. Um, this, where, uh, so maybe it was being criminalised at the time. Sorry, it's really difficult to find that as an easy answer. Never mind. So Anne Hamilton Byrne would keep a little jar of LSD in her office as well. So if someone was misbehaving or whatever, she could just open your mouth. There's some LSD. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Um, so she obviously, like all these groups, believed the end of the world was coming. And the only way to save it was for her to re-educate the world. Did you see there was one, sorry Sam to interrupt, this okay. week that on the 20, yesterday, was supposed to have been the rapture, according to one Oh no, we missed it. Group. So we, certainly we're still here. Oh, it was St George's Day as well. Imagine what the Brexiteers would have said. Ah. Uh. <laughs> end of the world on St George's Day. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, current affairs. Good, we can add that tag to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so as well as the end of the world thing, the children were brought up to believe that they'd had millions of lives up to this point. You know, reincarnated however many times going back to the Hinduism stuff that they brought in before. Okay, so Um, did they do like regression hypnosis stuff or is it just I think I was this in a... No, it was Anne Hamilton Burns. Oh, she could tell you have them, had, of course. You have had millions of lives. But 
if they stood by Anne Hamilton Byrne and learnt from her, then this would be their last life and they'd be able to go to heaven and God and etc. So another quote from her was, Those who are devoted to me, they are united with me. Those who are not devoted, they don't know me. Wow. No room for grey area there then. And I would also highly recommend that you look up Anne Hamilton Byrne on YouTube and find any of her sermons or speeches because they are unintelligible. Oh, really? Like, I guess unless that you've been ingratiated into that and you've got that ingrained in you, then it's just so hard to understand. Is she charismatic in our sort of checklist of charismatic leaders? She is charismatic, and that's what critics of the group would say is that she was just so she was beautiful and she was charming and so she'd be able to just speak to you and one of those people that you you know you meet and you can't help but stare in their eyes and listen to them when they speak to you which is a wonderful trait that some people have but obviously this lady was a dick yeah as the group grew and grew in money the uh residents at the compound and the any members of the group would be encouraged to give at least 10% of their earnings. Check. Check. So that money was used partly to house the children, all these 28 kids, because obviously, you know, however many adults you've got, they can, they're still going out to work and they're still... Yeah. And they're nurses and doctors in this hospital that is now pretty much just run by the family. God. Yeah. Just so... The, the vulnerability that they can prey on is just awful. Yeah, that's extraordinary, isn't it? And so they're all living in one yeah, sort of in site one, like, now. Not necessarily all in the same hut, but they had like a street in that kind of, you know, a little village sort of thing going on. Yeah. So obviously all this, all this money's coming in. What are they going to do with it? Because they're not feeding the kids properly and they're, you know, they're beating these kids and they're... So they're not using it for the to better these children no. and to create this perfect, big quotes, perfect race because they're depriving these children of education and of proper nutrition and all that sort of stuff that, you know, children need. Yeah, and um, just how you go from... Well, I guess if you think the world's ending, you don't need to worry, but it's like if you're creating and raising children in that very particular way where they're defined by being the children of the group, Yeah. what do you do when they start getting close to adulthood because you sort of haven't prepared them for adulthood because it's keep all about LSD. keep them on LSD <laughs> and other Sam Lund parenting <laughs> <laughs> I do not have children but no don't don't give your children LSD I don't need to tell you that shut up Sam so with all this money Anne Hamilton Byrne started travelling the world so her and Bill went and bought a lovely house in Kent Oh, very nice. Which is near London in England, as I realise most of our listeners are from America, which is lovely. Hi, America. So she'd start taking these children with her. They also bought a house in New York State in the Catskills Mountains. Um, So she'd take these children and people who'd seen them out and about would comment like how weird it was that this woman was just flanked by all these little identical kids. Would she take all of them or she'd take... A, A selection. Her faves, probably. Oh, God, I bet she did have faves as well. Probably, yeah. One of them was definitely Sarah Moore, Sarah Hamilton Byrne, who I mentioned about before. Oh, yeah. Because um, she was one of the older ones. Um, and there was another lady called Leanne Crease as well. Was her name Leanne? Or Creasy? C-R-E-E-S-E. 
Crease. Crease. But then as she got richer and richer and wanted to spend more and more time and money on herself, she'd leave these kids with the aunties so the the whole compound would be left. She wouldn't be there. Bill wouldn't be there to, to oversee anything. So these aunties were just left to do whatever they wanted, basically. Yikes. A, a lot of this information comes from the children who since okay, who since been grown there. up and uh, no one dies in this one. Yay! Oh, phew! Spoilers. Um, so Anne would say things like that she was friends with the Queen of England. What? So as... She came over to Kent, got a house in Kent, and then suddenly she's hanging out with the Queen. She that is how it works. Wasn't I believe hanging out with the Queen. <laughs> the Queen's busy. <laughs> Oh, the the motto that the children were raised with as well is unseen, unheard, and unknown. So oh. they were supposed to be little mystery kids. <laughs> unseen, unheard, unknown. Wow. That is really... Really great way to raise kids up with self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, the, her manipulation spread to the adult members as well obviously um if they fell in love with each other she would and she found out she would often just reassign people oh no actually john you're not in love with sandra you're in love with tracy tracy is hotter it's true yeah um (laughs) and again that's interesting isn't it that 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 level of control is not just the kind of person you should marry or the way that that should work, but is literally, no, the this individual. person and this person. Yeah. And how often you see that in different groups yeah. like this. And so, you know, married couples would join the group. They'd, you know, oh, I love yoga. I'll come and join this group. I love yoga and LSD <laughs> and bleach blonde bowl haircuts. I'm in. Yeah, but they'd turn up with their family. They'd bring their families. They'd hear about, they'd meet this charismatic, wonderful woman and they bring their families and then she would go, no, actually, you're not married to her anymore. You're married to this person now and your kid is my kid. Pretty fucked Doesn't up. sound like a great deal, does it? No. So they, they would just go along with it. There was a, a lady who was an adult who was a member of the group called Fran Parker and and brought a baby over to her and said, here you go, Fran, this is your baby. And she's like, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, So as the... kind of as it grew the house wasn't big enough to hold all these kids so she would give them to members of the group or she would spread okay, these kids out so from then this they house. To... as it as time went on cult members were allowed to raise individual children not necessarily their children but, but whichever children. child needed her yeah um so are there more than 28 by this point is the number going up or is 28 it's a, it's the, about 28 is the so you'd think well, you know, if I've turned up to this with my wife and she's just told me to, to break up with them, why don't I just leave? They. I bet it's really easy to leave, Sam, isn't it? And everyone just goes and has a lovely time without incident. Except they control a mental institution. So if Oh, people, God, via the hospital. If people wanted to leave, she had doctors who could section people. John God. Hand over his How? <laughs> yeah. How? <laughs> I don't even know what question to ask about that. No. Because that's so that's insane. That's absolutely terrifying, isn't it? Because And then, you know, you think about all the things that you've seen about people being in mental institutions and the more you protest your sanity, the less they believe you. Yeah, absolutely. How hard it is to no get out once you're in. So that's why people didn't want to leave. 
<sighs> when so I'm gonna loop back to when when her and Bill are traveling in England and New York. Then... And is she sorry? Is she like preaching and trying to get new converts, or is she just having a nice time? A little bit of preaching, but mainly just having a nice time. She would go and she would go and visit all these other gurus as well. So she would go to these other places. I've got a name of someone in my notes where she maybe... But um, she would go and visit like other gurus and learn how they control their crowds. So she wouldn't go and listen to their spiritual teaching. She would be looking at how how they run their groups, how they're handling all their people. And then use those techniques for her own. I hate to, you know, judge, but I I don't like us. (laughs) What you're saying so far, I don't, I don't get a good feeling. But she's, yeah, not a nice lady. But you know, John, we could have guessed that from the Great White Brotherhood at the very beginning. (laughs) Or the fact that she ends up running a cult, yeah. So while her and Bill were travelling, they would record little videos of themselves. Hello everyone, we're in Kent, we love you, I've just had dinner with the Queen, you're doing great, you're definitely going to go to heaven because you're my friend, love you very much, bye! And so that's the contact that they would have with Anne and Bill, so they thought they were still involved, but really Anne and Bill were just spending all their money and having a really nice time. Yeah. Also while she was away, back at the compound, got a little thing of what the children's days looked like oh great so obviously because the adults were still working and stuff there's not so much about what the adults were up to day to day do you know what i mean so yeah yeah because they, they have their normal ends of life um but the children would be woken up at 5 30 a.m to do a- i'm out i'm already <laughs> this isn't the cult for me to do a um yoga meditation and then they would set up the boys dormitory room as their school room so they'd move all the beds to the side and okay. set up some tables and then they would be homeschooled. But Australian authorities had a little bit of brain and they were they would send um, education authority people around okay, just so to that make would sure they were being inspected. educated. And the children would try and communicate with these education officials and they but they would never be left alone without the aunties. So all these education officials would see would be these happy. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It really heartbreaking. These things, you can you can imagine them, can't you, with a little note clutched in their hand or something? It's making me want to cry. Just trying to scream at these people with their eyes. Wow. I'm getting quite dramatic here, but this is what I'm picturing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, to try and save us. God, that is that is really hard. But and also weird that you know that's getting some level of oversight but who these children are isn't sort of yet seen as suspicious and no. an entire no. hospital staff by one religious group doesn't seem to be raising any well i, I suppose unless you went in there and looked and spoke to all these doctors and nurses and they might not have declared it yeah that's true it's all it's sort of behind running. the scenes yeah yeah um so Anne hamilton burned from being away wanted to make sure that her children were still being raised correctly so she'd phone the aunties and say who's done a bad thing today i want to hear them be punished so she'd ring up and she would make the aunties beat these children and listen to these screams and shouts and know that the children were being handled in big quotes handled properly sick sick woman well and these aunties as well that's that is yeah that's especially if you've joined this group 
and it's about yoga and you know jesus and the end times coming that then your job yeah how much that was led by what she told them to do and then they ended up enforcing that or how much they were people who were then sort of saddled with these annoying um you know unloved children and then went to whatever punishment Mm -hmm. i mean i know yeah parenting was probably less gentle than it is now anyway then but yeah but that's a bit far isn't it no no yeah but just to end up in that yeah that job doing that kind of thing Mm -hmm. as part of your spiritual yeah a quick side note if any spiritual journey involves you beating up kids it's not the right one red flag big big red flag big shiny red flag so picture the the perfect family john the perfect nuclear family. You've got a husband and wife, and then you've got some children, and you probably got some pets, a little dog, and a yep. nice little house. And so Anne had dogs and cats, and these dogs and cats would be cared for brilliantly. They'd be well fed. They'd get all the lovely, you know, scraps from the grown-ups' food. Did they get any LSD? They maybe. Who knows? You'd have to ask the cats and dogs, John. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. the children were so badly starved that they would go, after the cats and dogs had eaten, they'd go and scavenge the scraps from these animals. So, you know, the dog would be thrown some meat and the kids would go and gnaw on the bones. Because they haven't been fed. Because they haven't been fed properly. <sighs> when one of the pets died, Anne Hamilton Byrne would be so distraught that she would... Uh, set up a pyre in the children's bedroom where this animal Wait, laid and... out at state and for people uh, to come and visit this dead animal. God! Um, but the children's bedroom would be used for that. So the children would spend... I mean, nothing know, says children's bedroom decor than a dead, dead dog on a pyre. Yeah. So, the, and, you know, we're in Australia. It's it's hot, I assume. I've never been, but it's hot there. So the children for a few days being left with this dead creature well just even if it's not hot even if it's your family pet that you love sleeping in the same room as a dead animal is not great is it nope so the the police started to get a bit concerned (laughs) thank you police yeah well done and neighbours so people who weren't involved in not not that John (laughs) go on do it everybody needs good neighbors (laughs) well luckily for these children these neighbors had heard screams and shouts and they knew there were all these you know weird weird people living on the other side of the lake and so they'd hear screams of kids being punished this is a dark episode of neighbors so the police would go round, and i'm going to show john a picture now this is where the children would be hidden so there's a little door with a load of bits of crap piled up in front of it just a little cubby hole under the stairs where all of the children up to 28 of them would be shoved in this little it doesn't look spacious enough for 28 anythings it doesn't listeners. look spacious enough for one anything no. it's smaller than harry potter's um so they'd all be put in there and hidden and any children that weren't in the little cupboard would be expected to behave very well. Yeah. Yes, sir. Everything's great, sir. Um, and Anne Hamilton Byrne would go and grab the policeman and charm the socks off him. 
and oh no she because as i keep saying she was beautiful and she would just yeah just talk this policeman around and convince him that everything was fine and the children would be inside and they'd be too afraid to yeah and and again that is like you know deliberately malicious we know we do we're doing something wrong mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no way you can be doing that and not have any sense of of what that is you're actually doing yeah yeah so it completely takes yeah. it out from the you know i'm going to show you another picture now all of these will be on instagram so this is bill Byrne. okay this is sarah moore and this is leanne crease so we like leanne crease Leanne Kreese is our hero. Awesome. Because when she was 15, she went up to Anne and she went, I don't think any of this is true. I think you're keeping us from our families. I don't believe that you're Jesus. And Anne was so shocked that she slapped this child. This child didn't want it anymore. So she punched Anne back. (laughs) 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 Whoa. Exactly. Go, Leanne. Well done, Leanne. Well done, Leanne. God. (laughs) That's kind of amazing. 15-year-old Leanne, full of adrenaline. She's just hit the person who's been controlling. She's just punched Jesus in the face. She's just punched Jesus. She just runs. She jumped out of a window. She ran across the lake. She found a house with a light on, and she talked to the couple inside and explained what was happening. So the couple inside phoned the police, and they go, we've got this child. She's run away from this place. Come and help her. Yay. Well done, Leanne. And then the police arrive, and because they don't believe a little girl, because she's a little girl, they take her back to the commune. No! Give her back to the aunties who convince the police that this girl is unstable, and they keep her there. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. Sad. God, how many times do you. That is so. Shocking. Yeah. So you're you're 15 year old Leanne. You've just punched Jesus. You ran away. You've got out of there, and then they take you back. But she wasn't punished. Interesting. Because they were they were too afraid of what she would do next. If she could run away once and say this, if they punished her and she was left with marks on her body, yes, she could and run I away guess again. then they don't want to. Well, it's good at least that then yeah, it's not going to escalate to them having to really punish her so they're trying to okay no so Leanne our hero bides her time she keeps her head down carries on two years later she runs away again to the same house she ran to before just by coincidence she's just running running finds the same house with the same light on the same couple the Australian police even managed to send the same policeman to pick her up and but the policeman goes, oh, actually, this is the second time this has happened. I remember you. Okay. Maybe there's something in what you're saying. So they take okay. her to a foster family. So she's she's not in the compound anymore. Yep. She's, she's out. Um, but obviously, because she's been raised in this place, she didn't know anything about the outside world. Or normal life, yeah. Yeah, so she went into a bank and asked to borrow $50 to buy some clothes. Because... Banks have money. That works, yeah. She doesn't know how it works. She had to learn how to cross the road to look left and right for cars because they've been. She'd been raised on this little. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. She had to learn about about buying clothes. She learned that other haircuts are available. Oh no! Yeah. So she's Leanne's out. 
She's still intensely messed up. Yeah, obviously. bless her. But she's she is out well and done, she's Leanne. with another another family to support her. Um, and then Sarah Moore leaves. So Sarah is one of Anne's favourite children, and yeah. she's a pride and joy, and she escapes, and she finds Leanne. Cool. Then, that's the thing, isn't it? Once one goes, and suddenly you realise that's a possibility, yeah. then... Exactly. So she finds Leanne with this other family, and they decide how they're going to save everyone else. It's so brave. I can't, yeah. I can't think what was the um, documentary that we watched where... Oh, was it from fundamentalist Mormon groups where those teenagers were leaving and starting their new life and trying to rescue the others? It's exactly. so brave. Yeah. And it, wow. You know, these are two 17 year old girls yeah. as well. And it just it makes you so, yeah, it makes it's you incredible. very happy, doesn't it? Um, after all the shit we've just gone through. Yeah. Um, so they, they go to the police and they explain everything. And they, you know, these two women saying the same story in two different rooms. You can't. Yeah, yeah. So uh, over the years, people had, had moved about. Um, some of the children had been sent to boarding school in England, you know, because Anne's living in Kent some of the time. So some of these children. So she are... wants some on hand, yeah. But, you know, at least they're being socialised in that way. But Sarah and Leanne know that there are still at least seven children left in this compound. In the compound. So others have either, they're now adults or they've moved wherever. So they're and they're between the ages of eleven and eighteen. Okay. So they Leanne goes with the police to lead a raid on this compound. Oh Leanne, you rock. She's such a hero. What a badass. Well done, Leanne. They go and she so she, so she goes, you know, if the police turn up, these children are gonna to be too afraid to go with you because they've been told yeah. that you're against them. Whereas if I'm there as well, they're gonna know that yeah, they can trust safe. me at least. Wow. Yeah. At this, when these police go, Anne Hamilton Byrne is in New York. Oh, she's, she's not, not even there. there. But Bill is there. Okay. Bill, Anne's husband, is there. He saw Leanne come back. He saw these children being liberated. They didn't do anything. But the police also didn't arrest anybody. So they were just, they just let Bill and the aunties be around, and they let them leave. They were just there to to take these children away well that's half a good job then I guess but weird if you're removing children because you're scared for their welfare to then not yeah not at least make sure the others can't just run away yeah you would have thought but positive side the children are yeah. now safe so the children will be moved to a, a group home um, that is not run by this stupid family safe children but this raid shook all the adult members, obviously. Mm. Suddenly they go, oh my God, not everything Anne says is right. And Bill escapes Australia and he goes to live with Anne in... Well, goes to live with Anne somewhere. Somewhere. They're in New York. But okay. they don't know that they're in New York. Oh, wait, they know they're in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we, Anne? I don't know. But if we don't know, then nobody else can find out. Yeah. It's the perfect foolproof... If you're on a lot of LSD, maybe sometimes it's a bit hard to work out where you are. Yes, exactly. Um, a lot of time has passed. This is... Where are we? I'm not sure what year we're in, but we're about 20 years after it started. Okay. Now, so we're a long way in. Um, but we've got another lady hero to meet. Awesome. A lady named Marie Moore, who was a journalist. Found out, found out Leanne's story, found out Sarah's story, and was like, oh! I want to investigate this. Yeah. So she 
um, with her, she helped prosecutors um, to build a case against eight members of this group. So the aunties and Amazing. Bill and Anne, they were able to build this case against them. But because there was no evidence of child abuse other than what children had said, yeah. which for some reason people don't believe, they weren't able to bring a child abuse case. Oh. But what they could bring was applying falsely for government benefits. So Again, that's, that's so common, isn't it? That there's, they yeah, they have to go for mm-hmm. something that's a smaller, like administrative crime with these groups. To, yeah. To get them. So, yeah, it often comes down to fraud yeah. or. But money. also that all of these groups are committing some kind of like there's always some kind of level of fraud going on. Well, yeah, I, I suppose when group. you're taking ten percent of people's wages and their children away. Yeah, you, you know. can quite easily stumble into illegality. And I suppose you think you're above the law because you've got the one true version of something and, you know... Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, and obviously because they controlled this hospital, any time the children were hospitalised due to their beatings or anything like that, there'd be no reports. Yeah. Of course, there's no paper... (sighs) Exactly. Um, So with Marie Moore, they brought this case and no one went to jail. They just had to pay 223000 Australian dollars back to the Australian government and that was it so these children were pissed off yeah I can imagine yeah teenagers and young people young adults Um, they were upset so we've got another hero to meet a man you're going to like this a man called Lex Deman D-E space M-A-N he is Demand. He is Deman. I knew we were going to make this joke, so I didn't even write it in my notes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you remember it. Cool. Um, so he's a, a police officer in this area of Australia, and he arrested this young man for arson. And this young man went, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing this because I don't know how to live in this society properly. I was one of Anne Hamilton Burns children. I don't understand the what world. I'm just acting out. I'm really sorry that I set fire to this place. I'm you know, this is Help. Yeah. this is my story. And so Demand goes, oh, I've got an opportunity here to save a young person and to ensure that this doesn't happen to anyone else. So Demand Dude. gets involved in 1989. That's where we are now. We're in 1989. Uh, Demand and five other detectives launched Operation Forest, which was to investigate allegations of physical and drug abuse. So he, you know, trying to go and speak to the the still faithful adult members of the group and they're all still living in the same they're all still there place. still doing yoga at 5.30 in the morning still giving all their money to Anne Hamilton Byrne they still think she's Jesus but she's not there now but so they really have no wow so he keeps coming up against these wolves they can't find Anne no one knows where she is but then he finds out that Anne's lawyer who's called Peter Kibbe has left the cult Peter Kibbe was a man who suffered from OCD and demand knew this so he said, ah, you've got OCD. You're not going to like prison very much. Prison's <laughs> going to be dirty and sad for you. So Peter was like, okay, I will tell you everything I know. Because those of us without OCD love prison. <laughs> well, that's No, I know what you mean. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I get it. But you can imagine it yeah, be yeah. a lot worse. It'd be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Peter confessed to forging birth certificates for children. So this is the first massive yes we've got properly we've got something yeah we've got what they were doing to these children and that's really rooted in the children yeah exactly 
but they still didn't know where she was. So Marie, Marie Moore, our journalist from before, yep. managed to track Anne to Hawaii. Okay. But then she, Anne disappeared again. As soon as it was, ah, she's in Hawaii. Police go, no, she's and not there. Her, okay. She disappeared again. So for three years, no one knows where Anne is. And she, in that case, especially if they've got her lawyer now, she must have been so smart in advance about making sure like her other properties and holdings and things, that there was no trail that way that they could follow her and that she could spend money in all these different places without there being without it being traceable yeah god that's like yeah Yeah. spooky mega villain style exactly set up in them mega villain that's not what i mean what do i mean yeah like super villain james bond villain style super that's probably what you meant yeah and so three years later Anne's fairly old now, where are we, in 1992, she was born in 1921, so she's 70, and she misses the girl that she used to call her daughter, Sarah Moore. Were any, were, sorry, just quickly, were any of them her actual children? Did she have She her did have an actual child. Okay. So three years later, she decides to phone Sarah Moore, her favourite of her little shining children, and Sarah Moore goes, aha! They can trace this, can't they? So they trace this phone call to the Catskills Mountains in New York. Wow. From Australia. So Mr. Deman is like, woohoo, we forgot her. So she, she'd gone to New York to find another guru called hmm, Muktananda. Muktananda. So that's another guru that I expect we'll look at at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So she, that's why she was there. Okay. So... Mr. Deman called an agent whose name was Hilda Kogut in New York and explained all the stuff that was happening. Yeah. And Hilda's like, what on earth? This is super creepy. I don't really want anything to do with this, but okay, I'll, I'll go. Let's go. And so on the 4th of June, 1993, Kogut and a team knock on the door of Anne Hamilton Burns' house. They've heard all these stories about her. They're expecting some villainous terrible woman yeah. to do all this thing but they open the door and find this little tiny 71 year old lady who'd had so many facelifts that her hair started at like the back of her head and I'll post pictures she oh looks... goodness oh goodness yeah so from this once you know old Hollywood beautiful style lady she's suddenly skeletal yeah here we go that's the middle one there wow yeah so they, they just find this old lady and she's like okay well you know, my police colleague in Australia was saying that you're the baddie, so you're I'm coming to me. In. The fun, ironic part of this is that after starving all these children and things like that, Anne Hamilton Byrne complained she was hungry on her way to jail. And Hill oh, was just Anne. like, ah, fuck off. Yeah. No, don't care. L- literally couldn't Yikes. care less. And is Bill with her at this Bill's point, with and, her. Got, and he's been arrested Bill's as well. Bill's been arrested as well. They both got. They didn't find any children in the New York home. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, but Hilda called the man and said, "We've got the son of a bitch." Woo! Woo. Well done, Hilda. I've even written "woo" in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in August of '93, Anne and Bill were extradited to Australia. Some of the followers still supported Anne. But the children were all there. They're all now grown-ups. And they're like, yes! And they were all sort of unanimously... Unanimously. Yeah, she ruined our childhood. 
but there are still there's still no evidence of this abuse. So these children are now grown ups and therefore credible, but there's still no. There's still no way to prove the physical thing. Yeah. So all the prosecutors could do was charge Anne with conspiracy to make a false statement. Anne and Bill faced five years in jail and £60,000 in fines, but the judge saw this frail, beautiful, elderly lady and Anne and Bill, for all their crimes, ended up paying a fine each of $5,000. And that's it. No jail it. time. No. No jail. <gasps> that's it. Five thousand dollars. Oh god. Tap on the wrist. See you later, little old lady. So that's nineteen ninety three. Um, Bill died in two thousand and one. Bye. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> um, yep. Bye, Bill. Yeah. Um, Anne Hamilton Byrne disappeared out of the public eye at that point. She, you know, the. Oh, in 92, the hospital closed. New Haven Hospital closed. Thank goodness. It was found to be full of all these people. So it was shut down. Um, obviously Hopefully they the, were all struck off. I hope so. Yeah. Um, obviously all LSD experimentation was well over by then, but yeah. they were still in control of this place that they could um, yeah, institutionalise people. So she disappeared until 2009, when she reappeared on 60 Minutes Australia. At the age of 87. God. Where she was, you know, the, the presenter says, you know, what do you say to all these allegations about you? She completely denies everything. Wow. All the wrongdoing. She, oh, no, absolutely not. None of that happened. Yeah. God. In the meantime, the children who'd been affected by this, when they were uh, liberated from the compound, they were all that you know they found biological mothers that have been that have had their children taken away so these children were reunited with their families oh. they were educated john's having a little cry i'm not having a cry it's just yeah it's lovely i know it's, uh, yeah um wow and they they would work together they would help each other to learn about new things so if someone went and learned how to do something in the then new they'd world, share, then that they'd with, share the it with each other Sarah Moore, there's your real family Anne. exactly sarah Moore became a doctor a medical doctor, she would volunteer in um, countries like India and Thailand and all those places. She wasn't well. She wasn't free no. from it all. Uh, she suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and bipolar disorder. Yeah, by, I can imagine. You know, the horrible childhood. Um, and she attempted suicide in her adulthood and that resulted in the amputation of one of her legs. Wow. What... I wonder what year this is. I can't see what year. Between 2010-2014, Sarah Moore actually reunited with Anne. She went and visited Anne at... Who's now in Australia again? She's in Australia. She's in a nursing home. Okay. She's an old lady. Um, That's a heck of a reunion, isn't it? Yeah, and she... There's this absolutely wonderful thing on... um, it's drsarahmore.blogspot.co.uk, which is her blog website. Um, and she talks about why she reunited with Anne again. Yeah. And why she gave her the time. And she said, well, she still was a massive part of my childhood. Yeah. And as part of, for, for my own safe, safety and sanity, I need to go and forgive her. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm forgetting yeah, yeah. about what she's done, but it means that... I can draw a line under exa- it. Yeah. Exactly. I can draw a line under it. We can even be friends. I've got a photo to show you of... 
There we go. So that's Sarah Moore and Anne Hamilton Byrne. Well, that is kindness you don't really deserve, Anne. But that's a yeah, that's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. So she yeah, so she was able to separate Anne the woman from the actions that she done, yeah. which is so. Or the big of yeah, her, and the state that she'd yeah um, left them in. A little sad bit. Unfortunately, uh, Sarah Moore passed away in 2016 from heart disease. Ah. Uh, just in her early 40s, which is very sad. Leanne, our hero Leanne, was very angry about the £5,000 fine and no prison yep. time. Um, and she repeatedly launches civil suits to try and get proper compensation for her and for her other oh, great. quote siblings. Yeah. So she's still on it. She still doesn't I'm still fighting satisfied. all of that. Yeah. So the most recent update I could find was, well, from there's one from last year, um, but 2014... Anne Hamilton Byrne is suffering from dementia. She's still visited by members of this group who wow. are still actively believe she's Jesus, etc. Wow. They still own this lodge, the S Lodge that I talked about. Before. Okay. They still keep the yoga classes going. Yeah, who knows Yikes. why? Who, yeah, who's going to those yoga classes beyond? Um, and there the are about thirty members st- still to this day ish wow so they still visit Anne in her nursing home Anne is still alive today she's uh, 97 yeah years I was going to say she must be a great old age wow yeah and the group run a charity which is how all good groups get around paying taxes yep they run a charity called Life for All Creatures so mm. if you see anything by that charity don't donate yeah they don't need your money and I tried looking up what this charity do, but who can find that information? Not me. Not you. Okay. And there's a, a big legal contest going on between Leanne, between Anne's biological daughter, between um, and then between the cult itself to work out what's going to happen to all Anne's money when she dies. Okay, and um, property, she, I guess, which is all over the place. Exactly. She's got all this property, so she's got this multi-million dollar estate that no one can work out what's going to happen, what's going to, happen wow. to it. Um, the cult's now led by someone who grew up in the cult and someone who used to be one of the aunties. Okay, and now, and now in, charge. in charge. And that is the story of The Family. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Very creepy. Well told, Sam. Thank you very much, John. So, what do you think? Are you gonna you gonna go and join some three times weekly yoga classes and believe? No, no, five thirty yoga and um and That's bad really the haircuts for me. Five thirty a.m. If I'd said eight a.m., you'd have been like, oh, it's just, yeah, absolutely. I'd have been, uh, you know, all in. Um, yeah, it's it's the only thing I feel I can joke about in terms of reasons that I wouldn't um, join. Yeah. And yeah. Pretty horrific, right? And that the idea of the hospital being controlled by them. That that that's probably the scariest bit, isn't it? Them having the sort of the run of a hospital and a mental facility yeah. is just terrifying. I just I just keep going back to you think that you go to hospital to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, the one place that should be free of... Yeah. Yikes. We don't have a fun thing that we can try out this week either. No. No. 
except maybe let's get some blonde wigs and cut them into that. <laughs> cut them into bottles. We'll do a picture of us in those. That maybe that's that's probably the safest thing. I don't have any LSD, Sam, so we can't. Oh, you ran out again. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John's mum. <laughs> edit, edit that. <laughs> um, well, that's it God. for this episode. Then, thank you all very much for listening. Um, if you uh, have enjoyed that, please do uh, leave us a review. Uh, rate and subscribe uh, you can find us on twitter coffee and cults you can find us on facebook forward slash coffee and cults uh, please do say hello to us let us know what you think we are also on instagram at, i wonder if you can guess coffee and cults on instagram too our brand synergy is like on point by <laughs> Just now no one else is calling their podcast <laughs> we've got the name yep um and if you have any suggestions for any other cults you'd like to hear us talk about please do email those over to you. That's coffeeandcults at gmail.com. So please do all of those things. Uh, We'd love to hear from you and we'll see you another time. Yes. Once again, thank you very, 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 very much for listening. We love you very much. Bye. Bye.